the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. All right. Well, hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Uh, My condolences. If you're standing on an unemployment line somewhere, there could be 87,000 IRS agents heading your way. Um, Kudos to the Republicans in the House of Representatives. As uh, Speaker McCarthy uh, said yesterday, promises delivered as uh, the House uh, went out there and uh, kicked a little butt and uh, rescinded the uh, hiring of the 87,000 IRS agents. Uh, Folks, we got a lot of news happening today, a lot going on. Congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. And I know we're going to have a lot of callers uh, from Georgia today. So I just want to alert the rest of the nation that when they say, go dogs, uh, that's okay. That's normal. That's what they say in Georgia if they're a big Georgia Bulldogs fan. So don't freak out. Don't, don't go and get your dog, um, unless you want to. But, uh, well, and if you have a cat, well, you've got other issues. But anyway, uh, go dogs and, All I can say is that the Southeastern Conference is the greatest football conference in all of America. And they're hands down. There is no debate. So great game. Well, it was was a good game. Um, It was a great game in the first quarter. And after that, well, you know, I felt bad for the advertisers. They should have asked ESPN for a refund. So look, um, I want to start out today with something that happened last night. And it is incredibly heartbreaking and just very sad. Uh, we have uh, we have lost one of the the great conservative ladies in America, Lynette Hardaway, and she was one half of the Diamond and Silk duo. And her sister is Rochelle um, Rochelle Richardson, and she was by her side when when Diamond passed away last night. We don't have a lot of details, and I don't think we necessarily need a lot of details, but uh, Diamond had not been doing well. Uh, You might remember back in November, uh, there was an urgent message that was posted on uh, social media uh, asking people to uh, pray immediately for Diamond. So we don't know what she was going through, but clearly there there was an issue, and many of the leftists in the media immediately pounced. Um, Diamond was a friend, and we're going to miss her a lot. I think the movement is really going to miss her. Um, They did a lot for this nation, Diamond and Silk did. Uh, They were devoted to President Trump, but I think they were really devoted to the 
agenda, not just the man. And as a result, I think they really endeared themselves to a lot of people. And especially, and if I may, um, as a as a white person, I believe that those two ladies, those two black ladies, did more than anyone else to bring minorities into the Republican Party, into the Make America Great Again movement. And and I think that we owe them uh, both a, a debt of gratitude. So we all we know is that she passed away last night, and uh, she's, she's 51 years old. Absolutely stunningly beautiful. Loved both of them, and they were on my show really from day one. Uh, even back when I was at Fox News Channel, uh, when they were in New York, they would always come in. Uh, we would always have fun conversations. And if you remember those times when we had Diamond and Silk on the show, it was just a lot of laughter. I, and, and one of the things I love to do is get them off topic. You know, they're from Fayetteville, North Carolina. And uh, you folks over at the talk station, you know that area of um, of North Carolina. And so as soon as I found out where they were from, you know what we are talking about. We're talking about food, right? I mean, that's what we do. Uh, and they never did tell me, even though we had been friends for years, they never would tell me uh, what was what were what was in the wine glass that they were, were they drinking wine? Was it uh, cheer wine, which is I guess the house wine of the Carolinas? They never would let on. But we always had a great time, and uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite memories, and this goes back to a couple of CPACs ago, back when CPAC was in uh, Washington, and I always stayed at at Trumpeter National, which by the way has been sold out. It's not even a Trumpeter National hotel. It used to be the old post office, and President Trump turned that into a palace. It, it To this day, it is the finest hotel I've ever stayed in. And so whenever I was in Washington, which was quite a bit, and ba- even back during my Fox years, I would always stay at the at Trump International. They would give me the same room, and it was just a it was just a great experience. By the way, I will say this: um, I've never seen all. I have never seen so much marble and gold and a chandelier in a bathroom before. But it's a great hotel. So anyway, there's this, and if you've been to Trump International, you know it's a cavernous lobby. And there is a restaurant on one end, David Burke's Steakhouse. And it's a great steakhouse, um, one of the best in in Washington. And uh, so we were eating dinner there. I took my staff out. We had had a long day at CPAC. So we're seated, and all of a sudden I hear this commotion coming my way. And uh, I, I looked up, and it was Diamond and Silk. And they came over, and we had a hilarious conversation. Then suddenly Mike Lindell pops over, and uh, we're having a good old time there. It was so funny. The um, Normally we're kind of quiet and reserved, but we were the uh, the, the center of attention there at the restaurant. And so anyway, we're sitting there having this and this amazing steak dinner, and uh, Diamond and Silk and I, we all agreed that it's really not a five-star restaurant unless there's good fried chicken, mac and cheese, and cornbread on the menu, as only Southerners would agree to. But we're gonna miss we're gonna miss Lynette, and I think the nation's gonna miss Diamond. Uh, just a great lady, and we're gonna be taking your calls on that. I know many of you were inspired to get involved, inspired to to take a stand. Um, over the years because of, of Diamond and Silk, who got their start really from their living room. They had a little camera, and they did their own thing right there on social media. One of the things that really bothers me, though, um, 
you know, when when somebody dies in the political world, you really can you really can learn a lot about other people by their reaction and their response. I don't care who you are. You could be Barack Hussein Obama, you could be Congressman Steve Cohen, you could be Nancy Pelosi, but when you die, there's no way I'm bashing you. And that's a moment where you mourn because we love all human life. And yes, you may be, you know, a lousy leftist, but you know what? You deserve to breathe. You deserve to have life. And when you lose your life, you should be mourned. And we should be praying for the for those who were left behind. I think that's a humane thing to do. It is certainly a Christian thing to do. But on the other side, on the left, they are especially nasty. And so anyway, I was um, I was working on this show this morning, and, and someone sent me this link. And it's from a place called Hip Hop Wired. And the hate and the vitriol. And I really debated whether or not to share this with you, but it it's for us to understand this is how the left we this gives us an opportunity. The passing of diamond gives gives us an opportunity to to go inside the demented, evil, sick mind of the left to understand who they really are. This is the headline on Hip Hop Wired, which happens to be a black centric website. MAGA buffoons, Diamond and Silks, Lynette Hardaway, dead after COVID hospitalization. Twitter states the obvious. Well, first of all, they haven't released the cause of death. And even if it is COVID, okay. Uh, Are they doing stories about all the people just dropping dead after getting the vaccine? But there is there is so much evil on this, and and many of these many of these names you are going to recognize, and you just you just have to hear this. Um, Hip hop wired writing: We couldn't make this up if we tried. Lynette Hardaway, the infamous MAGA loving and black self hating duo Diamond and Silk, has passed away. Um, she says that what they go on to say it was uh, Donald Trump himself who announced her passing, which he did on True Social. For those of you who may be interested, Hardaway was Diamond. Um, And they're going on to basically slander this woman. Mark Lamont Hill, you might remember him from CNN, and the guy is on faculty, I believe, at Temple University in Philadelphia. He says, Diamond of the right-wing Trump-loving duo Diamond and Silk has died. In late November, she was hospitalized due to COVID. Again, this is this may or may not be true, but they've never confirmed it, so this is speculation. The duo was fired by Fox News a couple of years ago for spreading misinformation about COVID nineteen. You cannot script this stuff. By the way, is that has Fox News even done anything on the passing of Diamond? Have we seen any news stories over at Fox News? I mean, these people are beloved. Another person writing, um, don't worry, they've already set a grift up on her casket. If you ever see someone raising money off my death, know that I was not okay with that S. And by the way, I mean, these are not wealthy people we're talking about, and it cost a lot of money if you've got hospital bills and whatever, and so they have a, a link if you want to help Diamond and Silk's family out. Paula Poundstone, what an evil woman she is. I'm sorry Diamond died, but I'm even sorrier she spread anti-vax propaganda. Who knows how many people she killed with that message. Do you see the kind of evil, demented evil out there? And it just goes on and on and on. 
But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to celebrate Diamond today, and we honor those who have passed. We may not like their politics in some cases, but that doesn't matter. They're human beings. And Lynette Hardaway was a human being. She had a family, and she doesn't. her family doesn't deserve this. I mean, what's wrong with you people? Jeez, Lou. I thought President Trump, and he wrote just a moving tribute, and, and I think the president just truly loved these two ladies. And they were devoted, they were devoted to his cause. And I want to read to you what um, President Trump wrote about our friend Lynette Hardaway. He said, Our beautiful diamond has just passed away at her home in the state she loves so much, North Carolina. Silk was with her all the Silk was with her all the way and at her passing. There was no better team anywhere or at any time. Diamond's death was totally unexpected. Probably her big and precious heart just plain gave out. Rest in peace, our magnificent diamond. You will be greatly missed. Those words from our former president. So anyway, maybe you want to offer a word of support for Diamond and uh, her family, for Silk, who is left behind. We're going to be taking your calls on that. we got a lot of news to get through. But I wanted to start out the show today by honoring and memorializing this great patriotic woman, um, a Democrat for many, many, many years. But she saw what President Trump was doing. And as President Trump said so famously on the campaign trail to black Americans, what do you have to lose? And that started a movement today known as Diamond and Silk and the hate those two ladies get. But you never would know it because there are always great big smiles on their faces, always willing to fight the good fight. Dear friends of this program, and we're going to miss you, Diamond. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Coming up, we're going to jump into the breaking news out of Joe Biden world, where turns out the president had been harboring and hiding classified documents. This is the Todd Stern Show. Let's be real. To become rich, you should invest like the rich. But instead of scouring Congress members' trades for winners, <clears throat> Nancy, there's another way to invest like the ultra-wealthy, a new platform opening access to a multi-trillion dollar asset class, long limited to the 0.1% high-end art. Surprising, I know. Until you learned that contemporary art prices outpaced gold, real estate, and the S&P by nearly two times since 1995. In fact, it just delivered a 10.4% net return to Masterworks investors. See, Masterworks lets you invest in art from legends like Picasso and Banksy, and their last three sales returned over 10, 35, and 13 percent. In fact, one member has made over $65,000 from their investments in Masterworks offerings. With stocks tanking to start the new year, demand to join Masterworks is soaring. But I partnered with Masterworks.com to get preloaded access. To secure your spot, head to Masterworks.art slash darns. See important Reg A disclosures, Masterworks.com slash CD. That's Masterworks.art slash darns. You know, I I just did a a search of the Fox News website. I don't think they've covered the story of Diamond and Silk. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
All right. Uh, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Hey, coming up a little bit later on, uh, we're going to be talking with Sean Spicer from Newsmax TV. Tonight, uh, 7.30, I'll be on Rob Schmidt's program uh, on Newsmax, so be sure to watch that. Also, Congressman Mark Green, uh, the brand-new chairman of House Homeland Security Committee, is going to be joining us. He is also a congressman from Tennessee's 7th Congressional District. All right, uh, the big breaking news, and this is this is a doozy, uh, folks. Uh, so we got word yesterday, late yesterday, that the Justice Department has discovered Joe Biden, Joe Biden, was harboring classified documents at his uh, institute at the University of Pennsylvania. This is a big deal. A very big deal. Uh, We understand that Merrick Garland has asked the FBI to join their probe. Now, why is this a big deal? Well, very simple. And there, people are trying to say, well, there's a comparison between this and what happened with President Trump. There is slightly, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, but there's a major difference because the President of the United States has the authority, has the ability to declassify documents. The vice president of the United States does not. So the the fact that Joe Biden was harboring, and we understand about 10 uh, classified documents at this institute that is heavily funded by the Chinese at the University of Pennsylvania, that is a huge, huge problem. Elise Stefanik, who is the GOP conference chair, um, says she's got a lot of questions to ask. And she wants to know specifically if the Chinese had access to these documents. I want to read a statement that she provided town hall. She says, where's the FBI raid on the Joe Biden crime family? After the revelations, he stole classified materials while serving as vice president and stored the documents at Biden's think tank, the Penn Biden Institute. A think tank, by the way, that's received over $50 million in Chinese gifts. And you know, that is an interesting question. Oh, it's the Biden Penn Center. My apologies. The think tank is affiliated with the University of Pennsylvania, located in Washington, D.C. As an honorary professor at UPenn, Biden collected nearly a million dollars, but he never taught anything. So this, again, is some sort of a bribe. But it's a fair question. Um, when President uh, when President Trump was accused of having classified documents, what did they do? They staged a pre-dawn guns drawn raid. They went into Melania Trump's bedroom, the private bedroom of the former first lady of the United States, and they opened up her drawers and they were rummaging around with her lady things. Then we know that the FBI went into the bedroom of their teenage son, Baron Trump. And they completely upended everything in little Baron Trump's bedroom. Well, he's not really little. He's about eight feet tall now. Very tall young man. So when will the FBI stage a raid at the Biden family home? Are they going to go into Jill Biden, Dr. Mrs. First Lady Jill Biden's bedroom and rummage through her drawers? I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I got a little uh, throw up in my throat on that one. My apologies. What about Hunter Biden's bedroom? Are they going to go into that bedroom? If they do, I would suggest wet wipes and gloves. So again, the question, talking about the the irony of this, and it is a delicious irony, but look at how the FBI is handling this. They treat Democrats one way. 
they treat Republicans another way. All right, we're going to be taking your calls on this, ladies and gentlemen. Should the FBI raid the Biden home, 844-747-8868? Is there a double standard at play? 844-747-8868. Our website is toddsterns.com. Check that out. We'll be right back, America. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. for the far left to do what they're doing and bashing her the way they are. I expect no less from the scumbags. But, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander because when Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the rest of those box of rocks pass on, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to lose all my Christian values. And instead of sending flowers to Pelosi, I'm going to send her a broom, just what she deserves. That's just my thought. Well, all right. Thank you, Mark from Florida. Uh, By the way, folks, you can leave us a shout out. All you have to do is download our free app and you can do that at ToddSterns.com. Click on our live show blog and all the links and all that information is there. Uh, Good to have you back with us. And again, the breaking news uh, that came down last night, uh, President Biden harboring, hiding classified intel, classified documents in his institute there in Washington, D.C. Now, what I find interesting about all of this, ladies and gentlemen, nothing ever escapes us. We always remember, and we remember what Joe Biden said about President Trump having classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. You saw the photograph of the top-secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen how one anyone could be that irresponsible and i thought what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods by that i mean names of people who helped or etc and it's just uh, totally irresponsible and you don't know totally irresponsible that's what joe biden said about donald trump on 60 minutes And here we have the story that Joe Biden is guilty of doing the same thing President Trump did, but but with a significant nuance. President Trump was allowed to declassify the documents. Joe Biden was not. Let's go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. Again, that's a toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868 as we follow other developments on Capitol Hill where Republicans are going to vote on a bill 
that would abolish the Internal Revenue Service, eliminate the national income tax, and replace it with a national consumption tax. Uh, This has just been introduced by uh, Georgia Republican Congressman Buddy Carter. It is also known as the Fair Tax Act. Good idea or not, let's go to the phones, 844-747-8868. Paul in Georgia, what say you? Hey, Todd. Uh, I, I don't know why we're so excited about the Republican Congress uh, passing things, such as defunding the IRS agents or this new bill coming up. They have no power to do that because the Senate and the president have to agree and sign to make any of that happen. So all this is just bogus. It's not going to happen. None of it's going to happen. So I don't know why we're so excited about it. Well, what would you rather them them do, Paul, um, if they're not going to advance this kind of legislation? What would you like for them to do? Because you're right, they are in the they they control the Republicans control the House. They don't control uh, the the Senate or the or the White House. I would focus on uh, making sure that the Democrats do not come up with anything that goes against conservative values. Because we can, we can make things not happen. We can't make things happen. What would you like to see not happen, Paul? Well, any of these bills that come through that have so many, so many bogus items in there that are, are absolutely against conservative values, the House can now strip all those out. So new legislation will not contain those. However, they can't institute anything unless the president and the Senate agree. Well, and and that's true. Um, At the same time, Paul, I I think what the House Republicans are also doing is inspiring people to get out and vote in the next election cycle, because if the Republicans did have control of the Senate, these things would be advancing. Uh, That's what we've got to do here. So if nothing else, I see these votes as really jazzing up the base. I mean, we all know that the Democrats control the Senate, but at least the Republicans are getting the message. Now, it's a totally different thing if we've got all we've got control of all three branches of government and they don't do anything with it. That's another story. But I don't necessarily have a problem with the Republicans you know, making these sorts of votes. I think it's a source of encouragement. But I don't think we should be jubilant and happy and saying, wow, they're doing a great job because none of this is going to go into effect. Well, no, but but here's the thing, Paul. It's like, um, you know when you get a brand new puppy and you have to train the puppy and uh, so the puppy maybe is uh, makes a little mess on the floor and you have to you know swat the nose i don't have a dog so i don't know what you got whatever you do to make sure the puppy doesn't you know mess on the floor and then when the puppy does something good you give the puppy a treat and honestly i think that's what we're doing here with the house of representatives is that we're training them to do the right thing so yeah i know the votes may be meaningless but at least we're training them to do the right thing. Uh, Paul, appreciate the call. Thank you for listening. 844-747-8868. No, I get it. I, I really do, folks. And it is frustrating, but there's only so much the Republicans can do. They only hold one branch of the government. Oh, by the way, here's Congressman David Kostoff uh, talking about the Internal Revenue Service. Cut two. Thank you. And I thank the gentleman from Nebraska, Mr. Speaker. I rise today in support of the Family and Small Business Taxpayer Protection Act. 
This new Republican majority is focused on protecting taxpayers and small businesses from overreach and abuse. Blocking the Biden administration from unleashing 87,000 new IRS agents on taxpayers is a crucial first step towards fulfilling our commitment to America. This legislation will prohibit the IRS from using new funds to target lower and middle class families and small businesses with more burdensome and intrusive audits. As households grapple with the struggling economy, the last thing they need, the last thing they need is more harassment from a supercharged IRS. Republicans are unified in our effort to bring economic relief to Americans, not more government overreach and hardship. I urge my colleagues to support this legislation and stop the administration's weaponizing of the IRS. All right, there you go, uh, Congressman David Constoff from Tennessee. Now, Paul, to his point, said there's really not much the Republicans in the House can do, but there are some things they can do, and one of them is to prevent the debt ceiling from being raised, period. We have got to get spending under control in this country, and that means it's going to be some hardship. There's going to be a lot of anger and frustration, but we got to do it, folks. We're living well beyond our means. Uh, let's go to the phones. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mike from Nuga Radio. Mike, I, what's on your mind? You make the best suggestion on your site is uh, to fund NPR. Now, that they can do, but they won't do because, listen, they're posturing the Republicans are a bunch of liars. They're never going to get rid of the income tax. I'm, I'm going to do a little law here. There's only two ways the federal government can tax, direct or indirect, and the, the income tax is an indirect tax. It's an exercise on privilege. It's an activity tax. And as long as you have the Federal Reserve creating money from thin air, you have to have a way to sop up the water in the soup. And that's what the income tax does. It takes out the water in the soup to prevent price inflation, to be as less technical as I could be. They will never, ever abolish applying that to the individual as long as there's a Federal Reserve. Now, you don't have to get rid of the Fed. Everyone says that. All you have to do is get rid of the legal tender laws, and good money will eliminate bad money. But the Republicans are posturing. They're, they're never going to do anything of substance because they never have. When they control the House, Senate, and the presidency, all they do is give us lip service. They couldn't stop the murdering of over 70 million babies. By the way, Todd, that Democrats support giving money to Planned Parenthood, and we're surprised what they say about people that have died that are conservative. These people are of reprobate mind. You know, Mike, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. And, and again, I'm not expecting much out of this Congress except for them to live up to their promises. Um, this is a, an important thing. We have got to condition these lawmakers to do what they say they're going to do, even if it is somewhat meaningless, uh, as Paul from uh, Gainesville just pointed out. But the big issue coming up here is going to be this, uh, this vote on the debt ceiling. And the question on the table is, is, McCarthy going to be willing to shut down the government rather than raise that debt ceiling, and McCarthy no they're, they're going to raise it. They're going to raise it. McCarthy gave, but here's and here's the here's the fly in that ointment, Mike. McCarthy gave his word; he pledged that he would not do that. So now the question yeah. is: All right, if that happens and he breaks that promise, which I think is one of the most important promises, you all it takes is one lawmaker, one lawmaker to force a vote to oust McCarthy. Right. I, no, I don't believe him. I don't trust him. I just want to say one more thing, Todd. We keep beating up the IRS. The IRS is, 
Frankenstein's monster. It's Frankenstein, the Congress, that created Frankenstein's monster. We need to beat up the creator of the agency, not Frankenstein. Not Frankenstein's monster, I'm sorry. The Congress creates these three-letter agencies, and they send forth hither swarm of these three-letter agencies to eat on our substance and control our lives. They are the blame. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make a prediction. It's only going to get worse under the Republicans because all they've ever done is grow government. Oh, that's all, they're, that's all they've ever done, Mike. They've never. Uh, they're socialists. Of course they're they socialists. are. By the way, Mike, when was the last time we actually had a balanced budget? Under what administration? You know, I don't know. I'm going to guess maybe Truman. Um, that could be. We're putting that. You know what? We we will put that up as a. You know what? We're not going to put it up as a as a trivia question because the answer, believe it or not, is Bill Clinton. Really? The last. Oh, you you know why? You know why that was. Because it was a conservative Congress. That's right. That's right. Because that's right. So there's a possibility here. Remember, you had the whole Newt Gingrich, Speaker Newt. There was a huge fight, but by golly, they got it done. They can get it done if they want to. And you know what? When they act conservative, they win. Look at the Ronald Reagan Republicans. If you act like the Ronald Reagan Republicans and Ronald Reagan, you follow that principle and that philosophy, you will win every single election. That's it. Mike, always good hearing from you. Keep things uh, going over there on East Tennessee side. All right. Thank you, Todd. All right. Mike from Nuga Radio. Uh, Mike is the owner of that great radio station. Proud to be an affiliate of the Todd Stearns Radio Show. But no, going back to um, going back to Bill Clinton, uh, he con- the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate, and Bill Clinton was in the White House, and that was the last time that we have seen a balanced budget during the presidency of a Democrat. So there you go, folks. Uh, since that time, Republicans have been sending, have been spending like drunk Democrats. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. What do you think, what do you think the Congress ought to do about these uh, classified documents here? I mean, you want to talk about a double standard. And President Trump has already raised the issue. When are they going to raid one of Joe Biden's homes? When is that going to happen? And it's a fair question to ask. But there's one set of rules for the for the for the the swamp. There's another set of rules for the rest of us. Got to take a break here. 844-747-8868 toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern show. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with U.S cotton. They are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. 
people welcome back uh let's get right to the phones here uh, north carolina joe uh, hanging out with us on the talk station hey joe what's happening what's on your mind well i just wanted to make a general comment i'm a fan of the show and uh we're getting uh ping pong to death um everyone is getting just beaten up um by politics in general and you know we we spend a lot of emotion and energy chasing uh, scandals and uh, bills and, you know, what's going on. And what, it's the worst soap opera in the world. Uh, the only thing that American, the people, are going to be able to do is get behind an Article 5 convention of states. That is the only thing that will be effective. It will affect Republicans and Democrats alike and that's the only way. The rest of it is soap opera. Well, give me an example of what I don't understand what you're talking about. What is soap opera? Well, for instance, this new rule uh, that the House came down with, you know, are the Democrats going to comply? Who knows? Uh, bill after bill after bill. We fight, 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 get bill. At, now we got some power. We get a bill and. We all know where it's going to go. Schumer's going to kill it, and if he doesn't, Biden's going to kill it. So this is just a game. This well, is a sick game, and the only way that Americans are going to be able to affect the system, Republican and Democrat alike, are through an Article 5 Convention of the States. It's in the Constitution. We've earned it. It's time for us to get behind it, and don't play their silly game. Well, I'm not playing anybody's silly game, you know, Joe. I'm, you know, you know, the the issue here is the Republicans in the House have limited authority. There's only so much they can do, and I understand, you know, Kevin McCarthy up there saying promise made, promise kept with the eighty-seven thousand IRS agents. But the reality is, it's not going to pass the Senate, and if it does. By some weird chance, if it does, Joe Biden's going to veto it. So that's not going anywhere. But where the but I appreciate McCarthy at least keeping his word, at least following we, through and doing what he said he was going to do. Well, hallelujah, we've got somebody that speaks our language. But what I'm suggesting is that the American people, we, we elect representatives to go up there and fight, fight, fight. They make some bills that gets killed. That's just the nature of the game. The I'm talking about changing Washington. And I just encourage the listeners to put aside whatever, you know, soap opera episode you're on and just look at a convention of states. It's worthy. It was given to us by the founders. The only thing that's going to change Washington. And it's not partisan. It changes Washington. All right, Joe, appreciate that call, and thank you for listening. By the way, um, this is why we need to draw a line in the sand on raising the debt ceiling. It's that $1.7 trillion omnibus, and quite frankly, Kevin McCarthy has the ability to stick it to Mitch McConnell on this. More than 4,000 pages of that wasteful spending, folks. We're spending millions of dollars on crapola, and it's not even good grade-A crapola. We're talking about $3 million bucks for a Michelle Obama walking trail. You think anybody's going to go down that path? 
What about $3 million for a gay museum in New York City? You know what? The gay people, by and large, are very wealthy. They can build their own museum. Thank you very much. I mean, we're spending millions of dollars on bee-friendly highways and trying to teach salmon how to procreate. It's nonsense. And so it's time for us to do what we could do. Again, I appreciate the effort that Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans made on the 87,000 IRS agents, but at the end of the day, that's not going to do anything. But you know what, Will? Not raising the debt ceiling. That's the hill to die on. And your elected leaders need to start hearing from you now. You need to tell them to hold the line. Do not raise the debt ceiling. But, Todd, what happens if the government shuts down? You know what? I'll celebrate. I will do a jig right here in the studio. We'll be better off. Trust me. Look at Elon Musk. Got rid of 90% of his workforce, and Twitter's working just fine. All right, stick around, folks. Hour two coming up. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program, hour two of the big show. Happy to have you with us today. Uh, By the way, Congressman Mark Green. The new chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee will be joining us a little bit later on this hour of the show. I want to go right now, though, to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, a good friend of this program. He is the host of a great podcast called Beyond the Briefing, also co-host of Newsmax's Spicer & Company, Sean Spicer. Sean, good to have you with us today. Todd, Sean, always great be with you. Thanks for having me. And uh, Sean, uh, we we have to um, we have to first just pay tribute again to Lynette Hardaway, a great member of the yep. Newsmax family, uh, Diamond and Silk. Uh, she yep. was a great friend of this show, and I know a great friend of of yours as well. You know, it, it was so weird um, when I saw the president's post yesterday. She's what fifty four years old. Uh, I, I just it, it's a it's a reminder. Um, and we've seen this through other folks who have passed in the past um, couple weeks and months that just how precious life is. And, um, you know, um, so I, I it, it's sad because it's just a reminder uh, that we shouldn't take things for granted. And 
to acknowledge our friends and our family and, 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 and don't take those relationships for granted. So I was, I was a little shocked when I saw that come across and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad we have an opportunity to, uh, to acknowledge, uh, you know, her life and her friendship. Great lady and uh, a great patriot too. Uh, taking a, such a, a stand for the, the the ideas of the Trump administration, this America First agenda, and uh, just did a terrific job at Newsmax, which has become a home for so many uh, great um, great people like yourself, Sean. So uh, we certainly uh, we certainly appreciate and remember uh, Lynette Hardaway and uh, pray for her family, uh, Sean. I I want to jump into what's happening on Capitol Hill. Of course, uh, there was great high drama um, palace intrigue over the weekend but now the republicans are hitting the ground and looks like so far so good they are delivering on a lot of those promises they made yeah i'm excited uh look i i i talked about this a lot on the show yesterday todd but you know the media wanted to make this all seem like chaos and etc and uh, i mean look here's what i think there's a lot of things that came of those days 72 hours that a member of Congress has to, you know, that they have to put legislation out before it gets voted on so that they can, oh, my goodness, actually read bills. They, they're they uh, ensuring that bills have a single subject so that you can't have these massive 4,000-page omnibus bills that no one reads, no one knows what's in them, and they cost us, you know, trillions of dollars. So I, I, I think the funny thing is I, I had people on my show over and over again, members of Congress, and I'd say, can I just ask you a question? Why was this hard? I don't get it. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I worked on Capitol Hill for 13 years. I was in the House leadership. I, I was like, these things sound like things that we should all be for. What was the holdup? And everyone kept saying, I know. And I'm like, I get Like, okay, but the, what? why didn't? I mean, to me, this is something that I would have been bragging about at the get-go and saying, we're going to do these things for greater transparency. We're going to have more accountability. Um, I'm glad people like Chip Roy fought for them. Um but I think this is a huge win for, for taxpayers, uh, for citizens who want to see their government at work. So I, you know, and, and to your point, now they're actually doing it. They talked last night. They voted to repeal the IRS agents uh, that are going to come after us. They are already talking about setting up these select committees. So I, I'm, I'm actually really pumped. I, I am so uh, excited that, that this is happening. Oh, I am too. And, and I'm especially on the fiscal side, because there, there will come an opportunity very quickly over the debt ceiling, and uh, there is a legitimate, a legitimate argument to be made that this is the hill to die on for these Republicans. Uh, they've got to stand their ground on this. I think the taxpayers are sick and tired of paying for Michelle Obama walking trails and studies on salmon sex and bee-friendly highways. People are tired of this nonsense. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I, it is funny because I'm sure you did. Well, in fact, I, I saw a couple clips from your show. Uh, I know you were very vocal last week about this this race, and look, I, I get it. I mean, I have people emailing, going to my website, and saying, I don't want McCarthy ever, and I was like, look, the, McCarthy's so bought in on this agenda, and he's now being held this accountable, the motion to vacate the chairs at one, um, that, that, you know, he's got it. He has no choice now but to push and enact all of these reforms and priorities. So if you are a conservative and believe in, you know, low, less government, lower spending, whatever, the, and, and frankly get the oversight that you want of the Biden administration, then I think you're going to be in for a, a great ride for the next two years because McCarthy gets it. Uh, I mean, I, I, he, he understands that, like, these 
these the, the conservatives, the MAGA wing wanted some accountability, wanted this thing, and that he was he he can't if he doesn't abide by it, it's you know one member will walk down and and make a motion. And, and look, uh, and this is how I operate, uh, Sean. You know, we don't work off talking points here on the program. And look, I wasn't a McCarthy fan. I didn't feel like he was the guy for the job. But once he once he was elected, you know what? You get on board and you wish the guy, you know, the best. You want the guy to succeed. You got to give him an opportunity to lead. And if he doesn't deliver on the promises, as you pointed out, there are mechanisms now in place thanks to the Freedom Caucus, that will allow Congress to remedy that issue. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though, is that, like, there, you can't, right now, that so much was locked in that, you, you know, it, it's, that he can't, he doesn't have a, and not that he would, not, I'm not trying to say anything negative. I, I think, you know, he's on board on the agenda. A lot of the stuff he had already agreed to before the vote. But, you know, there, there's so much accountability all around now you know, for for members of Congress in general, but also for the House leadership, that this is great. Sean Spicer on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line from Newsmax TV. And, Sean, I'm curious about the podcast. How's it going? Tell folks about Beyond the Briefing. So it's great. Um, We actually, so we we normally go out twice a week. Um, So yesterday, uh, on Mondays, we talk about what's happening in politics, give a look ahead about the week. and, And I try to use my insight um, from being on Capitol Hill and in the White House, 24 years in the military, to, to kind of give people the inside scoop. So, for example, yesterday, um, there was this big deal that was brokered last week about the Club for Growth and Kevin McCarthy had to do with the Super PAC. I had the inside scoop for what really happened and how it went down, and I talked about it on the on the podcast. And, and I, I haven't heard anybody else, because I, I actually talked to members of Congress. I mean, that was the thing. So many people were reporting about things and not actually having conversations with the, the the players. And I was talking and texting and calling these guys and saying, okay, what's really happening and why? So on beyond the briefing, I said yesterday, okay, guys, I'm going to tell you something that happened that nobody else has reported on yet and why this deal, what, what it was really about and how it went down. And then, you know, some days we used to do it before Christmas. On Thursdays, we try to have a guest where I, you know, I call it beyond the briefing because the idea is, that there are people that you know uh, that we talk to all the time, and you go, okay, tell me, I want to know beyond what the talking points, who this person is, you know, kind of how they became someone. So I've had everyone from, you know, football players to musicians. John Rich, who's a fantastic uh, conservative. Oh, he's great. Uh, stalwart. Oh, and, and a, just a kind, generous person. Uh, he was one of my guests. Sarah Sanders, who's obviously going to be inaugurated today as Arkansas's governor. She's been on the show. Um, but I, I basically try to have people that I say, gosh, I would love to know more about that person and have a conversation. Uh, we had um, Dinesh D'Souza on, and I talked to him about what it's like to make a documentary. Um, he is the – so there's two people who have done really well in documentaries, political documentaries, Michael Moore on the left and Dinesh D'Souza. And I wanted to know, like, how, how come – how do you have the secret sauce? And he walks through on the podcast. I mean, you can go download the Dinesh D'Souza one. But the, again, the same thing where I look at some people and I say, like, oh, my gosh, how did you get to become that person? How did you get that job? What was your childhood like? Mike, Mike Huckabee was on the show. I love going on his show. He has one of the greatest shows on TVN. Uh, it's, and, and so, but I wanted, obviously, he's, he's been on my show a bunch as well. But so I had him on. We talked about how he became a Baptist preacher. It's just a fascinating story. I, I had no idea. I've known him for a long time. Obviously, Sarah was my deputy in the White House. 
I've known the family. And, and uh, I was talking to him about how he became a Baptist preacher. And he's telling us this story about basically, you know, he had been um, really involved in the church, and he's obviously a fantastic orator. And, and, and the, the congregation came to him at a point where they had a vacancy and said, would you lead us? But I'd always assumed that he had been brought up within the sort of the ranks of, of the Baptist church or what have you. And it was like, no, they just, they looked at this guy and said, hey, you're a great leader. You're really smart. You're a good orator and a storyteller. So we lead our congregation. And, and he said, sure. And then, you know, that's, you know, he gets involved in politics. And it was just, I, I love these conversations that you have with people that go beyond five or six, seven minutes where you get to know them and whatever. So again, it, it's, I love the podcast because it's, on Mondays, it's all about politics, where we're headed, what's going on, and the inside scoops. And then on Thursdays, you know, we try to have a guest where, um, where we get to um, learn about somebody who we might have heard about, but maybe don't know a lot about them. Folks, uh, we've got a direct link to the podcast over on our live show blog at toddsterns.com. Again, beyond the briefing, Sean Spicer hosting that podcast. And, of course, you can always watch him every night on Newsmax TV, Spicer & Company. Sean, always appreciate hey, real, real it. Quick, yeah, go ahead. Real quick, Todd yeah. Starnes, because I guarantee you you're talking about this. But tonight, I will tell you this. We have amazing guests that are going to break down this Biden classified information thing. I cannot believe it. I know you're out of time. We've got some amazing legal scholars and national security experts they're going to talk about joe biden what he did what it means what are the consequences so i i just i cannot believe the hypocrisy on this the the lack of a media reaction et cetera, et cetera. but you know for your listeners and i'm sure you're talking about this but i i i am so excited to get some insight tonight it's going to be great. And Newsmax, got to watch it all tonight. I'll be on uh, with Rob Schmidt a little bit later on this oh, evening. Well, yeah. So You're we're going to have a good... The, the big show. The big show. With Rob Schmidt. <laughs> Rob, Rob's the big, the big dog. Oh, you guys are all big dogs. Uh, it's just so it's really impressive what you guys have done. I mean, the, the numbers of people now watching Newsmax, just unbelievable. Yeah, we've had a, a quite a ride the last couple of weeks, especially during the speaker vote, because I think Look, as, as I said a moment ago with, with respect to the podcast, but like, you know, I've, I've spent, I was in house leadership. I was on the budget committee for the spokesman for three years. I've been, it's, so I can finally, when stuff like that happens, it's, it's great because I can say, okay, guys, here's what's happening in the room. Here's what it's like on the floor of the house right now. I've been there. I've done it. And I think that's a very unique thing in television right now. Sure is. Have somebody who can say that's, you know, this is what's really happening. All right, Sean. We got, yeah, they're yelling at me now. We got it. We got to break it off here. Uh, <laughs> Sean, we'll see you on the TV tonight. See you, man. Take care. All right, Sean Spicer, uh, host of Spicer and Company, over on Newsmax. And yes, I will be on with Rob Schmidt tonight, seven thirty on Newsmax TV. Got to take a break here, folks. Eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. Our toll free telephone number. This is the Todd Stern Show. Bennett curtain call here. Here we go. Bennett. Caps a career that began with no scholarship offer at Georgia. He'll leave with a legacy unlike anybody else at this school. Two-time national championship quarterback. No doubt most outstanding player in his fourth playoff game. Not even he could have dreamt this. 
You know, this is like a modern-day Rudy uh, story. For those of you who follow college football and remember the story of Rudy, the walk-on at uh, Notre Dame, Stetson Bennett last night, what an incredible, an incredible game he had and just a brilliant season and last season as well back-to-back national championships for the georgia bulldogs and what i find amazing about this guy's story i didn't realize this guys but uh 25 years old uh stetson bennett is he was um he was a walk-on and didn't make the cut uh went to junior college and uh, played football there and then came back to uga and of course now the rest is national football history or college football history um grew up in a small town in south georgia called uh, blackshear and played football at pierce county high school he was an all-state high school football player but this kid was not recruited heavily he always wanted to play at uga because that's where his parents went to school his grandfather played at south carolina and uh, this kid paid his dues and what's the lesson here never give up never surrender i mean he could have played the rest of his college career at jones county junior college in mississippi but he was offered a scholarship by kirby smart and he said you know what we're going to we're going to go back and we're going to give it another shot and now you've got georgia bulldogs celebrating border to border coast to coast today Every uh, Tuesday, I do a morning segment with uh, Bill Main over at WDUN in Gainesville, Georgia. And it was like, go dogs, go dogs, go dogs. That's pretty much what everybody's saying there. So all that to say, go dogs. And the lesson here, and I hope Stetson's going to have a very long and, um, and really incredible career in the National Football League. What a good kid. I mean, a hardworking kid. And he's out there every single day, and he's busting his butt. And, um, and as a result of that, he's got two national championship rings. No doubt about it. Great game. TCU had no business being in that football game last night. None whatsoever. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. You folks in Tennessee, uh, listen up. This There is some news from your governor, Bill Lee. Big news. The hamburger chain in and out burger is coming to the volunteer state. I'm not making this up. The governor releasing a press statement earlier today. It must be a slow news week in Nashville. The governor is saying, I'm proud to welcome in and out burger, an iconic American brand, to the volunteer state. Tennessee's unmatched business climate, skilled workforce, and central location make our state the ideal place for this family-run company to establish its first eastern United States hub. So where people, the staff is already wondering, where is it going to Where are they doing it? Because they just opened a bunch of Whataburgers around here. And I don't mean to disparage Whataburger, but it's like, okay, all righty. It's no in and out No. My mouth is watering right now. Kyle, I wish we weren't talking about this story. It's going to be in Franklin, Tennessee, Williamson County, a well, suburb of Nashville. I'm going to need some three-hour lunch breaks Can to you make take, that drive. It's a three-hour drive, Kyle. <laughs> um, and they plan to open other restaurants, so I'm, I'm assuming that they will probably open one here in the Memphis area. They better. It's a good burger. I'm just telling you. I just, you know, it's good. I like Freddy's. Well, Dylan here is mad because we don't have a Raising Cane's yet. 
Oh, we don't have a Raisin Cane's. We don't. See, I like Raisin Cane's over Zaxby's. That's that's a fair argument. Is that a fair is that a fair argument? It's a fair argument. All right. Dylan's the chicken finger guy, so I mean he could tell you better. Very good. We need to check in on Grace Baker. I hope she's doing well north of the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> Probably we haven't not. heard from you. Well, Grace, are you okay? Uh, so there you have it, everybody, in and out, coming to the southern states, uh, going toe-to-toe. So you got the official chicken of Jesus, and now you got the official hamburger of Jesus, because uh, in and outs owned by a Christian family. They put little Bible verses on their packaging. I think that's cool. Uh, best burger in America? Anybody got got an idea on that? Is it in and out Is it Whataburger? Is it McDonald's? Crystal? What about Wendy's? 844-747-8868. That's our telephone number. 844-747-8868. Oh, I could go for a double-double, though. That's pretty tasty. All right, folks, welcome back to the Tom Stearns Radio Program. Again, tonight, 730, I'll be on Newsmax with Rob Schmidt, so hope you guys uh, tune in and check out the, the show. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Well, I'm going to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now. Uh, honored to have with us the uh, next chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, a great American patriot. He also happens to be a Tennessee volunteer. I'm talking about Congressman Mark Green. And, Congressman, it's interesting. Uh, there's a history in the state. Whenever there are problems on that border, the Tennesseans normally go down and take care of business. Very very funny that you say that, Todd. When I was down there on my last trip with uh, Kevin McCarthy, I got up to the podium, and the first thing I said was, you know, you may be wondering why Tennesseans down here in Texas talking border <laughs> issues. And I and I reminded the Texans that uh, the first guy to hold my seat uh, was Sam Houston, who, in Congress, he was the first. Is that right? In the seventh, yeah, 7th District of Tennessee, the first congressman, Sam Houston, went on to be governor of Tennessee and then governor of uh, our president of Texas and governor of Texas after wintering this little small skirmish with the Mexicans. Uh, so yeah, I, I, many times the Tennessee volunteers have bailed out Texas. So, and we're happy to do it again for the sake of the country, the entire country. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Congressman, I'm curious to know your thoughts. What is it like being in the majority now, uh, in the house of representatives? What's the mood? What's the atmosphere like today? Well, it's pretty exciting. We, we, you know, of course, we had the the challenges of getting uh, getting the speaker done, and but that's over. And uh, we had some votes uh, Monday evening. You know, passed some bills, and uh, it, it it was great to watch how quickly and efficiently the Republicans run the floor. Steve Womack got up and took the gavel, and and we got some bills passed, and um, so it was it was it it it's starting to sink in a little bit now and i somebody i was i was on uh fox news last night and the guy announced me as chairman mark green and i i mean I, I was i yeah it just started kind of sitting in uh setting in so um yeah the mood is upbeat i think the conflict that that brought about the speaker's thing has really created uh i think some positivity because you know co- conflict can go one of either way you know you, you it leads to a breakup uh a divorce uh, or whatever, and and sometimes it makes the group stronger. And and I think in this case it is really Kevin 
Kevin McCarthy's uh, done a very good job of being a gracious, humble guy through this whole process, negotiating with everybody, getting us to a, a place where we could get it going. And, uh, and it set an example for the whole conference. And I've seen guys go up to people and say, look, you know, that passage uh, about if you're at the altar and you're not reconciled with your brother, leave the altar and go be reconciled. I actually quoted it this morning to another guy who, who I want to sit down with. And uh, so it's, I think it's going to wind up being making us super strong and we're in the driver's seat now. So I, I am, I'm incredibly hopeful. Let, let's talk about Homeland Security. Uh, and I know a lot of attention is going to be on your committee uh, when it comes to the border. Have, have you prioritized? Do you have a list you're working from? And if so, what is the top thing on your agenda? So, what, well, you know, from an operational standpoint, I got to staff the committee and I don't have any members in a committee yet. So the next two or three days, we'll be putting members to the committee. So I got to go fight for, uh, go to steering and fight for uh, the people I want on the team. Uh, and, and I met yesterday with the staff director uh, who I'm, I'm going to keep. I'm going to retain him. Uh, super solid guy. Went to Liberty University and just, uh, uh, you know, a superstar. So we're going to keep him, and we're, we're we're hiring the staff. So that's that's the the near target, so to speak. But you're you're really asking about what are the priorities of the committee, and I, I, obviously securing the border, securing our cyber border, and doing some reorganization over at DHS. And we do that uh, a number of different ways. And and so functionally, we'll have three silos. We'll have a silo that is oversight. We'll have a silo that is legislation that is a part of the commitment to America, securing the border, et cetera, that is important to our constituents and the Americans who made the Republicans a majority party. And then there's another silo of bipartisanship, because there are people in the middle that we're losing as Republicans. You take uh, women 18 to 29, 72% in the last election voted Democrats. So we're going to have to do bipartisan stuff as well. Uh, And there are areas on particularly cyber and uh, reorganization at DHS that the Democrats want to get done. There's those things that we have to do for our, our folks, and that is beef up border security, build the wall and all that. And of course, there's the oversight. So I'm going to move simultaneously down all of those silos with the overall priority being secure the border, secure the cyber border and reorganize DHS. So uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how we're progressing here in, in a three dimensions. No, it it does make sense. And again, uh, this I think all of it needs to be done. Of course, uh, President Biden um, finally made his way to the border. <laughs> I, it was interesting. I was watching CNN's coverage. They were very critical of the president and, and pointed out, uh, and the, the reporting of local journalists who said they were actually packing up and clearing out all of the illegals who had been, you know, camped out on the city sidewalks. You know, when you see CNN reporting that, it, it's a pretty profound statement on where the country is on this issue. America's sick and tired of it. America recognizes it's it's a ridiculous uh, idea to have an open border. You don't if you have a if you have no border, you have no country. And um, so I think I think this is an issue that resonates. Um, And clearly what happened uh, with the Biden border trip was a dog and pony show, uh, a photo op. He's obviously thinking about running for reelection. And and that's the only reason he's there. None of the actions that he talked about to include this silly app are going to do anything but speed people into the country. You know, his his uh, interim final rule, his uh, 2023 budget, 
everything does not it, it it stops deportation and it increases uh the processing of people into the country so uh we're going to have to uh, push hard and and i think we're going to get a lot of the middle uh of the country along with us and congressman this is the headline uh on fox news today house republican files articles of impeachment against homeland security secretary mayorkas of course mccarthy uh speaker mccarthy had already called for mayorkas to resign your thoughts on that so I think the best way we do this, and, and you know, my committee uh, is a fact-finding committee. We don't impeach in the uh, in the Homeland Security Committee. That's a judiciary thing. But what I am going to do is get to the bottom of it, and I'm going to show dereliction of duty. I'm going to show uh, how policies and uh, the refusal to enforce the law have ha- has cost the American taxpayer billions of dollars, and I'm also going to show the human cost. When I put uh, a, a, a mother in a, in a witness chair who lost two of her children to fentanyl overdose with a subpoenaed Mayorkas sitting right next to her, uh, then I'm going to hit hit them with fraud. I, you know, the the NGO contracts are rife with uh, uh, inappropriate behavior. So, and then we're going to hand all that information over to the Judiciary Committee, and they're going to take it and run with it. So. Uh, Mayorkas is we're, we're we're going to shine a light into the darkness there and uh, expose this and and uh, uh, he he needs to know it's coming. Well, good, good, good. Uh, this needs to happen, and uh, we know that you guys are working hard and very excited for you, Congressman. Uh, this is uh, a great honor and a well deserved one at that, and we appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Love your show. Love you guys. And uh, I, I am excited about this gig. It's uh, it's huge for Tennessee, too, you know, to have a gavel. To, to, we've got a guy in Ways and Means, you know, David Kustoff. We've got a guy on approach. And now uh, Tennessee has one of the, the 20, uh, you know, standing committees. It's, it's exciting for Tennessee. I'm excited. My family's excited. So here we go. I love it. We just get a national championship like Georgia. We'll be uh, in high cotton, as they say. So. That would be huge. That would be <laughs> would huge. Be. I sent all my – oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Congressman. I was going to say, I sent all the Texas friends I have a picture of my daughter when she was in high school. She'd gone gigging frogs. Now, you have to explain that to some of the people <laughs> from Massachusetts. <laughs> my, I, my high school daughter is in muck boots holding this huge – you know, frog, and and I sent that to the Texas guy saying, I think my daughter could play for Georgia. Wow. <laughs> brutal, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> I love it. All right, yeah. uh, Congressman Mark Green, ladies and gentlemen. Congressman, thank you. <laughs> Take care, Dad. See you. All right. Wow. Uh, frog gigging. I haven't heard about frog gigging in a long, long time. You know, my dad um, used to go frog gigging, and there's a great story of uh, the time he and Elvis ran into each other uh, while they were gigging frogs uh, back in the day here in Memphis. I'll have to to share that story one of these days. In the meantime, we've got to take a break here. We're opening up the phone lines. What do you want the Republican uh, House to do? What is the priority in your mind for the Republican-controlled House of Representatives. What do you want him to do? 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, some big news from our friends at Newsmax. The 2024 election could be America's last election. What do I mean by that? Well, you got to read the new best-selling book from David Horowitz. It's called The Final Battle. 
And David reveals a secret war underway in America. Democrats, woke culture, new generation destroying our culture, ending our freedoms. And Horowitz says their plan is taking place in our schools, our churches, and even in our military. This week, you need to watch David Horowitz on the Chris Salcedo Show as he reveals the real threat of Biden, Obama, and big media. And Horowitz, in his book, names names. It's in bookstores everywhere, or you get the free offer and save $28. How do you do that? All you have to do is go online to finalbattle611.com. That's finalbattle611.com and get your free copy today. All right, welcome back to the Todd Stern Show. Let's go to the phones. Anna in Georgia. Go dogs. Hey, Anna, what's happening? Okay, you you wanted me to ask, you asked us to tell you what we want. I want the I want the southern border shut down. Not just the not just creating a wall, but to completely go by the rules and the laws of that border. And there's other things, but that's really important to me. Anna, I'd just like to see it closed indefinitely until we can get a handle on exactly how many illegals are in this country and what they're up to. That's exactly right. Because I have two grown children. I have five grandchildren. They're going to be dealing with this stuff. This is very, very dangerous, very toxic. And, uh, you know, our money's going to these, you know... I'm not trying to be hateful here, but this uh, we're losing our sovereignty, and uh, that that can't be. We had too many people uh, give their lives to keep our sovereignty in this country over the years, over the many over 200 years, and I just can't uh, I can't see what's happening to work for anybody. Well, and, and and again, Anna, you guys have some great examples. I remember in the in the late '80s, early '90s, uh, Dalton, Georgia, was completely overrun, um, and yeah. you had that was the big carpet capital of the world, lots of jobs, and uh, the the area was just decimated. They cannot handle, and our small towns and communities cannot handle the massive influx of people. Uh, and then when they leave, well, you have, you know, all of this, um, you know, these homes. I mean, it's a wasteland over there in some parts of that area. It is. Uh, Cumming, Georgia, used uh, Forsyth County, uh, Cumming, Georgia, used to be the poorest county uh, in the uh, in the state. And then we had an influx of all those people. They were building schools like crazy, and all of a sudden they were empty. And that, that was the same for a lot of uh, North Georgia, and it still is going on now. Uh, that's a lot of money, a lot of time. Uh, oh, it just goes on and on. So, I mean, you know, we really need to nip that. We need it not in the bud anymore. It's, it's fully bloomed, and we really need to cut that uh, right down to nothing. Anna, good call. Thank you for listening. Uh, let's go to Alan in Georgia. Alan, what do you what do you want to see Congress do? Well, you know, Anna took the words right out of my mouth. The most important thing we need to do is stop the invasion. We've got to seal up that border and do something about all these people that are here already 
illegally taking our resources. These guys down on the border, I happen to know some of them that are working down there. They're so frustrated, Todd. They don't know what to do. They don't know whether to get out or, you know, just they're afraid to complain. Alan, when you say you know guys down on the border, are you talking about Border Patrol agents? Border Patrol agents, Todd. Really? They're, they're frustrated. They're big-time frustrated. I, you know, I, I mean, I understand it. They, they are, they're tasked with an impossible job, which is to secure the border. They don't have enough bodies down there um, to stop the people from coming across. I mean, and you're right, it is an invasion. Well, you know, there's plenty of things that we can do with this Congress, but I think that's first. We're uh, in Andrew Clyde country up here, and he's doing a fantastic job. I know he probably listens to you, so go after him, Andrew. Well, he does, and we like Andrew, um, a good guy. Uh, we're going to miss Jody Heiss, uh, who's just did a great job for you know for North Georgia as well. Uh, but you guys are blessed with some good uh, good lawmakers up on Capitol Hill. Alan, I appreciate that call. And yeah, I feel I I deeply feel bad for the border patrol agents, but again, this this is the the issue is securing our border. Now they're going to tell you we've got ten fifteen million illegals living in America. I suspect that number is probably about forty forty five fifty million and growing every single day. And the great reality is most of these people are not paying taxes. They are taking from the American taxpayer. And as a result, in some cases, your kids are going without so they can take care of the illegal alien kids. And that's the cold, hard reality. I get a lot of hate mail whenever I talk about this issue because, and mostly it comes from these woke Christians. And they're, I mean, they get very upset. That's horrible. How dare you say that? What would Jesus do? Well, I think Jesus will build a border wall. I mean, there's such a thing as having a sovereign nation. And I certainly don't think Jesus would break the laws of another country, which is exactly what these illegals are doing. But just ask yourself this question, and and this is a legitimate question that every person in America needs to ask. Given the choice, you've got a scholarship. Who gets the scholarship, the illegal alien child or the American-born child? Who gets it? Or you get a job. Who's going to get that job? The law-abiding American citizen or the illegal alien who they're going to pay cash under the table for? I mean, we know the answers to these questions. Sooner or later, the American people are going to get sick and tired of all of this. This does not make me a bad person. It does not make me anti-immigrant. It doesn't make me xenophobic. I, I want people to come to this country the same way my family came to this country, the legal way. And there's a process, there's a way to do it. Is it a perfect process? No, it's not, and it certainly could use some reforms. But are you telling me that if you really love a country, the first thing you're going to do to show your devotion to the country is break that country's laws? I don't think so. I'm not buying it. All right, got to take a break here. What do you want to see this Congress do? What's the big issue, the number one issue for you? 844-747-8868. This is The Todd Stern Show.
Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. You know, I remember as a kid growing up being able to stay up late and watch the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Remember that? Johnny Carson, Ed McMahon, Doc Severinsen. Now, that was good late-night comedy. And then, what, uh, Jay Leno came along. Yeah, Joan Rivers had a good stint there, too. She was she was the fill-in host for a long time. Uh, but she and Johnny had a falling out. Anyway, that's a different day for a different story. Uh, but anyway, I mean, there was a time when that's what you did. Uh, your mom and dad, after you went to bed, your mom and dad turned on uh, Johnny Carson and they watched The Tonight Show. There were a lot of laughs. There was a lot of fun. It was just a neat way to kind of wind down the day, have a little bit of fun. And then along came uh, David Letterman, which was sort of the cool, hip you know, thing to do. And then uh, David went woke. And then you had, um, uh, you had Conan O'Brien come along. And anyway, now this this modern day bunch, does anybody even watch late night TV anymore? I mean, Gutfeld's cleaning their clocks over at Fox News and it's driving them nuts. But a lot of people are, are just saying that, you know what, it's over with. That uh, people like Jimmy Kimmel, little Jimmy Kimmel, they've gotten so, so political. They were so infected with Trump derangement syndrome, they lost their sense of humor. It's very sad, very sad. Even on what's-his-head, um, oh, geez, a Lou Stewart over at, I uh, forget his last name, uh, he was over at The Daily Show. And it used to be funny, but uh, somewhere along the way, they started taking themselves too seriously. And maybe that's it. Maybe that is it. These people, they're just not funny, and most importantly, they take themselves too seriously. Well, actually, it's important to be funny, so that would actually be most important. They They're, they're just not funny. Many of them don't even write their own jokes. They have joke writers. Never did understand that. So anyway, Jimmy Fallon catching some uh, headlines because of the um, this COVID parody they did. And this is bizarre. And I'm telling you that this is not meant to be funny. They're actually freaking out over the, the China virus, still freaking out. And I know in the past they had the dancing syringes and you had the dancing nurses and all that kind of stuff. But this right here is just beyond weird. Cut number one. There was Alpha, then Delta, then Omicron next. But this latest variant might be the best. It's XBB.1.5. Another friend of COVID-19 has arrived. It's a new strain, but it isn't the same. Was was that meant to be funny? That's that's the question here. I I don't think it was. I, I I can't imagine who in the world would write something like that. 
And again, it's just, uh, I mean, Kyle is our musical like director of the Todd Stearns radio program. We're one of the few talk radio programs to have a music director. We don't pay you extra for that, Kyle, but uh, you do a very nice job of it anyway. But if I don't think that you would even allow me to do something like that on this radio program. I think that you would come in here and literally rip the microphone off of the giant, beautiful, huge national broadcasting table that we broadcast from. That's all I'm saying. Most likely. Kyle, it, I, I want to play this again and I, because there's, there's another component to this. We're not going to play the whole thing, but there's something else that is sort of getting lost because a lot of people are making fun of Jimmy Fallon. A lot of people are mocking Jimmy Fallon, and we don't mock here on this program. We do laugh at, but we don't mock. But I want to go back, and there's one other thing that I think is actually the greater issue that no one's talking about. Let's uh, take another listen. Okay, enough, enough, enough. You know what this is, ladies and gentlemen? We have a raging case of cultural appropriation right here. We have a white guy trying to do jive. Yes, I said it, a white guy trying to do jive. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Fallon, brace yourself, gird your loins, America is a honky, a white guy. It had to be said. I, I'm surprised the NAACP has not issued some sort of a press statement here condemning Jimmy Fallon for attempting rap music. Now, yours truly, Todd Starnes, ladies and gentlemen, also happens to be of the Caucasian persuasion. And I'll never forget at Fox News, I ran afoul of HR when yours truly tried to rap on national radio. It is true. I did. And they told me never, ever to do that again. And it was a pretty good ramp, to be honest with you. It was I was ramping the, some of you may be wondering, well, what were you ramping? I mean, there's some pretty nasty language out there. True. But I was ramping the theme song to the Beverly Hillbillies. <sighs> Complete with the, the whole beatboxy. It was very good, actually. I've got to find that audio somewhere. All that to say, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, aside from being a moron and unfunny, culturally appropriated, and that could be the greatest sin of all. I'm just telling you. But by the way, these uh, these people are going bonkers. Uh, folks, schools in the Northeast already threatening to put kids back under the masks. Folks, it's, it's a never-ending battle. I'm telling you, it is a never-ending battle. 844-747-8868, our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Let's go to Ron in Salem, Oregon, KYKN, our great affiliate there. Ron, what's on your mind? Nothing much, my brother. I wish. I hope you come back out to Oregon again. I'm that little black conservative, a little black redneck. Uh, first of all, condolences to Diamond and Silk and their families for the loss of such loving, God-fearing lady. And the second thing I want to go through, yes, we need to do something about the border. Let's start withholding China on all these NGOs or nonprofits like Catholic Charities that is supporting this illegal activity of an invasion of our country. And you want to hear the results of this so far? Six kids 
One is a 15-year-old, a 17-year-old kid I was mentoring in Salem, Oregon, dropped dead from fentanyl. And not a doggone thing said. And, you know, what's unique also, sir? You know, we've been having these so-called power attacks. The latest one is from somebody who took a, to- a Toyota Camry and burned up. Uh, and we don't know if he's legal or not. But he got out of the car, burned up up there outside of Vegas, and typically knocked the power grid out. That's one of the largest solar solar fields in the country, which is on sitting on one square mile. But nobody wants to address that. It seemed like uh, our our state and our Congress need to say, China, stop buying up our land. You killing kids with a fentanyl, you're buying it. We're going to hold you accountable and give the victims of these a right to take back assets or anything else or cut off trade to China. And this is what needs to be done. They need to stand up and hold accountability. They said they want to be part of the world situation. Stop sending fentanyl on the Western Hemisphere. Well, Ron, the challenge, the challenge is that the Bidens are, are bought and paid for by the Chinese. I mean, they've, they've given them millions and millions of dollars. And if, if, in fact, we can find the proof, and I suspect these Republicans, if it's there, they will find it. But if they can find the proof that the Bidens are in the tank for the Chinese, uh, that in and of itself is an impeachable offense, and Biden ought to be removed from office. Will he be in, removed? I, unlikely, uh, especially with a Democrat-controlled Senate. But uh, it is a very frightening thing what's happening right now, and you're right. Uh, there are real-life human consequences for these illegals coming across the border. They are killing American citizens. They are robbing American citizens. They are assaulting American citizens. And the Biden administration, they don't care. Uh, Ron, got to run for a break. 844-747-8868, our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, folks, we are very excited about our big trip coming up to Israel. That's going to happen in November of this year, and we would love for you to consider joining us. I want you to go to our website, toddsterns.com, and you can click on the link there at the very top of the page. Can't miss it. And it'll provide all of the information. We're going to be spending seven days and nights in the Holy Land, visiting all of the major sites. Also, we are going to be meeting with Israeli government leaders at the Knesset. We're getting an exclusive private tour of the Knesset. Uh, it is going to be a wonderful fusion of Holy Land and Israeli government as we stand with Israel. And if you would like information, go to ToddSterns.com. You can also call us, and we're very happy to send you information. Uh, you can give us a holler right now at 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868, and we will uh, get information to you. In the meantime, let's go to the phones. Dale in Iowa wants to weigh in on Jimmy Fallon. Hey, Dale, what's going on? Todd, that's nothing but a spinoff. He just took the song uh, Love Shack by the B-52s. Is that, you know, I this, it was the tune, and I could not figure that out. Can we, Kyle, can we play that again, please? Let's just take a listen. There was Alpha, then Delta, then Omicron next. But this latest variant might be the best. It's XBB.1.5. Oh, 
Dale. All right, thank you, Kyle. He's all over. <laughs> you remember it was number one. The song was so big. What was it? The B fifty. By the way, as an homage to the. Oh, we've got that. All right, Kyle, take a listen here. Dale, you remember that song? Keep it going, Kyle. You remember that, Dale? Yes, that's right. All he did was the same thing, just a different word. Same melody. Wow, you're not kidding, Dale. That's a good call right there. Uh, you know, as an homage to the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, B-52s, they started in Athens, Georgia, which is that's the home right. of the University that's of right. Georgia. So, Todd, on a, on a couple of things. Now, uh, you mentioned about the... Uh, we need term limits. Well, Grassley now has announced, it's been said, I don't know if it's true or not, but I read it somewhere, he's not only going to be on the eighth term, he's going for the ninth term, which would make him 100 and something. Oh, my word. You know, it's it's all about power with these guys. Right, and he loves power. Yes, he does. Yes, he God, Lord, he's gonna be, how old is he going to be, 103 <laughs> by the time? And then I still have to say, maybe Iowans won't like me, but it's time we give it up. The Republicans, too. Let some other state have it. Iowa's had it over 50 years. Let somebody else have it, first being the number one to start all the caucuses. Now, let's be honest, Dale. You just don't want all those politicians running around your great state, soiling it up. (laughs) Well, I've, I've cornered them many times, but I think other states have the right to. All right. Well, that's a good thought, but uh, I suspect you might be in the minority. I think a lot of people there in Iowa take great pride in that. I know they're going to hate me, but I don't care. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dale. All right. Good good hearing from you. The B-52s. Wow. I... I listened to them a little bit. I was in, I would say, junior high school when the B-52s kicked in, but I, um, they didn't, they became popular, I think, really into the, into the 80s and then into the 90s. I didn't realize they were still around, but, uh, they're, they're, it's that new wave music. So there you go. Wow. So, so Fallon couldn't even come up with his own original tunes. I mean, what does that tell you? So the Bulwark has a piece by Mona Sharon, and I haven't heard from Mona in a long time. Uh, She's writing about Marjorie Taylor Greene, and it's an interesting observation. Uh, Once considered a blight in the Republican Party, she is now one of its prominent leaders. And it is a very interesting point because Marjorie Taylor Greene was the point person to go after all of the House Freedom Caucus members who stood against Kevin McCarthy. And dare I say, she and McCarthy were rather chummy on the House floor. And rightfully so. She was out there. She was out there whipping up votes. No votes. Whipping up the votes. Votes. Thank you. Uh, she was out there whipping the votes there on the um, on the House floor. Anyway, I wanted to read this from Mona Sharon. During one of Kevin McCarthy's gauntlet of punishing votes, it was striking to see whom he passed the time. And who was it? There she was, dressed in sophisticated black. The member hailed as a key ally in the new Speaker of the House, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Her choice of color in the past, she had donned stark reds, whites, or blues. Get it? is perhaps a signal of the new Green, a mainstream figure, a serious politician. 
Her status was signaled by a respectful, not to say softball, interview with Howard Kurtz on Fox News. Doubtless Fox would would like to sanitize her since she played a significant role in elevating McCarthy to the speakership. She must be a changed person or the GOP will have to answer itself some uncomfortable questions. And she goes on to remind people that just back in 2021, Mitch McConnell described Green as a cancer on the Republican Party. John Thune warned the party had to draw some lines, quote, they will have to decide who they want to be. Do they want to be the party of limited government and fiscal responsibility, free markets, peace through strength and pro-life, or do they want to be the party of conspiracy theories and QAnon? It's a pretty fascinating essay that Mona has written here. But regardless, um, there is something to the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene's star has risen And the fact that she decided to hitch her wagon to Kevin McCarthy is very interesting. So the question is, and and she and Lauren Boebert are going at it. I mean, it's pretty ugly, pretty nasty. So the question is, has Marjorie Taylor Greene moderated her views, moderated uh, her beliefs to become more mainstream, or... Or is this simply a case of making a strategic move to get what you want? But there's no doubt about it. Um, In recent days, MTG has sparred with Lauren Boebert, Mike Lindell, Alex Jones fans. Mona says this is not a case of a politician who misspeaks or commits a gaffe and must make amends. She has a disordered personality. And uh, she goes on to talk about chasing a teenager who survived the Parkland shooting. Well, there's a little bit more to the story there. So Mona's not a big MTG fan. But she's pointing out that MTG has now become mainstream in the Republican Party. Is that a good thing? 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes radio program. And tonight, looking forward to being on Newsmax uh, 7.30 on Rob Schmidt's program, so be sure to check that out. Interesting story in the New York Times, and there's a controversy at a place called Hamline University. It's over in St. Paul, Minnesota. That's good Lutheran country out there. It's cold, too. Mary Tyler Moore country. Anyway, Erica Lopez Prater is an adjunct professor at uh, Hamline University, and she teaches an art class. And I'm going to read this from the uh, the New York Times. We're going to bounce around this article. It's a fascinating story. Uh, Erica Lopez Prater said she knew many Muslims have deeply held religious beliefs that prohibit depictions of the Prophet Muhammad. So last semester, for a global art history class, she took many precautions before showing a 14th century painting of Islam's founder. In the syllabus, she warned that images of holy figures, including the Prophet Muhammad and the Buddha, would be shown in the course. She asked students to contact her with any concerns, and she said no one did. 
So in other words, folks, um, she was going to be teaching something that might offend Muslims. And so she said, want to give you folks a heads up. Here's what's coming. In class that day, she prepped students, telling them that in a few minutes, the painting would be displayed in case anyone wanted to leave. Then Dr. Lopez Prater showed the image, and then she lost her teaching job. Officials at Hamline had tried to douse what they feared would become a runaway fire. Instead, they ended up with what they had tried to avoid, a national controversy, which pitted advocates of academic liberty and free speech against Muslims who believe that showing the image of Prophet Muhammad is always sacrilegious. After Dr. Lopez Prater showed the image, a senior in the class complained to the administration. Other Muslim students not in the course supported the student, saying the class was an attack on their religion. They demanded that officials take action. And they did. In emails to students and faculty, they said the incident was clearly Islamophobic. Hamline's president, Fainice Miller, co-signed an email that said respect for the Muslim students, and get this, should have superseded academic freedom. In other words, if there is anything, any course, any book, anything that would offend a Muslim, that has to be removed. That cannot be taught at Hamline College or university, whatever. At a town hall, an invited Muslim speaker compared showing the images to teaching that Hitler was good. Wait, what? What? So you're telling me that an ancient painting of Muhammad and showing that painting of the picture of Muhammad is like teaching that Hitler was a good guy? What's wrong with you people? So anyway, the Times article goes on. It, I was curious about who complained. I mean, here this, it sounds to me like the professor, and she's probably a raging leftist. I don't know. That's not important. She was just trying to teach a class and looked to me like she was trying to avoid any sort of conflict that might possibly erupt as a result of showing the ancient painting. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. So now this poor teacher is out of a job. It turns out the student who complained, the student originally who complained in the classroom was the president of the Muslim Student Society. Dr. Lopez Prater, a self-described art nerd, said she knew about the potential for conflict when she began her online lecture with about 30 or so students. And she spent a few minutes explaining why she was showing the image, how different religions have depicted the divine, and how standards have changed over time. May I just say this? Again, the college and their reaction to all of this is shocking. So they fired the teacher and they say, oh, we're guilty of Islamophobia. Meanwhile, on many college campuses, they're literally putting putting crucifixes in vials and vats of urine. There, There's one museum display of Jesus or the Mother Mary, somebody covered in cow dung. But that's okay. That's art. I'm just telling you. Dr. Lopez Prater said no one in the class raised any concerns. There was no disrespectful commentary. After the class ended, 
A business major and president of the university's Muslim Student Association stuck around to voice her discomfort. Immediately afterward, Dr. Lopez Prater sent an email to her department head. Again, it sounds like she's doing everything by the book here. Ms. Baker, the Allison Baker, the chair of the Digital and Studio Art Department, responded to the email four minutes later. Quote, it sounds like you did everything right, she wrote. I believe in academic freedom, so you have my support. Well, that didn't last very long. As Dr. Lopez predicted, the Muslim leader reached out to administrators. She wrote an apology explaining that sometimes diversity involves bringing contradicting, uncomfortable, and coexisting truths into conversation with each other. But it didn't seem to matter. And they fired this art professor. Now, the painting it doesn't portray Muhammad doing anything illegal with children or with farm animals. It's just a painting of Muhammad from the 14th century. But according to the Islamic tradition, you're not allowed to show photographs or rather paintings of Muhammad. Can't do it. And there you go. Honestly, I'm surprised. I I will say this. I don't think that's over. Because and we saw this with um, what happened in France where they did the they did the cartoon drawings of Muhammad and that led to to riots and all sorts of mayhem. It led to terrorism. So, I if I were Miss Lopez Prater, I would uh, be I would just be careful. You you never know. It's a it's a dangerous world. Very dangerous world. 844-747-8868. So in case you're wondering here, uh, the Islamic faith is, yeah, you're not allowed to say anything about that. That's off limits. You want to go out to the Christians and the Jews? Yeah, have at it. That's good. But 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 stay away from the Muslims. Can't, can't go down that path. 844-747-8868 is our telephone number. Did the school do the right thing here? I don't know about that. I do not know. Another interesting story. Where is that story? We're going to get to this. My computer's acting a little goofy, but here we go. This story from Campus Reform. Thomas Stevenson is the author. Penn State University is the school. Penn State professor Sam Richards held a sociology class titled Trans Issues, TERFs, that's T-E-R-F. I'm afraid to know what that means. And the binary. Anyway, uh, the professor told students that all of us are at some level non-binary. In other words, there's no such thing as male or female. You're just a little mix of everything. Quote, we are all at some level non-binary. We are all very much easily bisexual. Wait a second. Well, if if you're non-binary, can you be bisexual? And here's what he recommended or instructed the students to do. To prove we are all bisexual, he instructed students to watch gay and lesbian porn. He directed those comments to students who identified as straight men in the class. Quote, if you feel that, if you feel that feeling, look in a mirror and say, huh, maybe I'm just feeling some things that I'm just afraid to release. And maybe you release that, and maybe you'd be surprised that maybe you actually are fine being more bisexual. 
Now, does that does that sound like I don't know grooming to you, ladies and gentlemen? It's very odd. Did you guys ever go through any kind of a class like that where the professor actually encouraged you to explore your sexuality by watching gay and lesbian porn? Hmm? I don't know. The class has been publicized online via a series of live streams. Every semester, 725 students. I guess they got a lot of bisexuals running around Penn State now. What a mess. <laughs> when campus reform reached out to the professor, he responded, quote, when I discuss these issues, I generally do so as a sociologist, since that shapes how I see the world. From this perspective, sexuality is actually quite complex. No, no, actually, it's really not, Professor. Pretty simple. Pretty simple, sir. Got a man, got a woman, birds and the bees. You know what happens after that. Quote, what I've seen in my life is that pretty much everyone can get aroused by pretty much anything sexual, including gay sex images or videos. And once aroused, in my humble opinion, we've walked into the world of bisexuality or multisexuality. Okay, so basically, they're grooming your kids over at Penn State University, just so you're aware, courtesy of your tax dollars. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, so CBS News, by the way, was the first to report on the Biden files, and we're getting some new intel. First, I want you to hear this report, though. Uh, Cut number six, please. Three sources tell CBS News the classified documents were discovered in this building about a mile from the White House at the offices of the Penn-Biden Center, a foreign policy research institute set up after President Biden left the vice presidency. According to a source familiar with the matter, the classified documents are small in number and were found in November in a box among unclassified material. Sources would not characterize how sensitive the documents are. Responding to requests from CBS News, the White House counsel said that on November 2nd of last year, before the midterm elections, lawyers for President Biden were cleaning out office space at the center. When they discovered the documents marked classified in a locked closet, they stopped the work and contacted the White House. White House lawyers then reached out to the National Archives, which is responsible for the records. The archives in turn contacted the Department of Justice. Attorney General Merrick Garland then tasked the U.S. attorney in Chicago, John Lausch, a Trump appointee, with determining what is in the documents and how they arrived at the Penn-Biden Center. The FBI is also involved in the preliminary inquiry, which a source says is nearing its conclusion. All right. Now, the interesting thing here, uh, CNN is now reporting uh, their sources say that the briefing, these are background briefing memos that are all classified, covering issues from Iran, Ukraine, and the U.K. Now, a lot of people on the left are saying this is not a big deal. This is uh, just um, this is just a, a coincidence. Not a big deal at all. But CNN actually says, yeah, that's uh, not necessarily accurate. Cut number nine. And, Jamie, you know, you just heard Director McCabe say, you know, our legal system isn't based on he did it, too. 
but our political system often is. And if the fact that the two is apples and oranges, that's not always what matters. You've got uh, the new Speaker of the House, uh, Speaker McCarthy, and the new House Oversight Committee, Chairman Comer, both jumping uh, on this already, criticizing Biden. Uh, Trump is posting on his uh, social media website, when is the FBI going to raid the many homes of Joe Biden? Uh, so so here you go, right? This is the political, this is how this is going to play political, politically. Uh, how much of a gift is this? How transformational is this for Trump right now? Look, it, it, it is a huge political gift for Trump. I'm surprised it took him so long to to uh, post what he did. And, uh, you know, this is sort of like Casablanca. We're shocked, shocked, shocked that the Republicans are making political hay out of it. That said, um, they are going, on the one hand, to... Oh, not quite sure what happened there, but... Uh... Uh, the, the whole point of this is that it is not apples and oranges. Uh, this is this is what the Biden administration did. But the issue, when you bring Trump into it, President Trump had the authority, had the authority under the law to declassify whatever he wanted to declassify. Joe Biden, as vice president under Barack Hussein Obama, did not have that authority. So, yeah, this is a big deal. And look, I don't think in the great scheme of things, I don't think what Trump did is a big deal. And I don't think what Biden did is a big deal. But at the end of the day, we have to accept the terms. We have to accept the playing field, the rules of the game that the Democrats put out there. And if they're going to go after Trump, then by golly, they're going to have to go after Biden. May not like that, but that's the reality. All right, 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. We're going to be keeping an eye on this story. But again, the, the bigger issue here is what's happening up on Capitol Hill. As the Republicans move closer to a, a, a conflict involving the raising of the debt ceiling. And the question is, will the Republicans be able to hold the ground there? That is a promise that Kevin McCarthy made that they would not raise the debt ceiling. So this will be a a key promise that we have to pay very close attention to. And if McCarthy breaks that promise, well, what happens next? Will, Will they try to remove him from the speakership? On that note, there is a new survey. Breitbart's got this piece up. A majority of Americans believe the $1.7 trillion omnibus was actually a major disaster for the country. This is coming from Rasmussen, our buddy Scott Rasmussen. He found that 50% of the respondents to his poll disapprove of the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. No surprise there at all. And Breitbart's got that story. We'll have a link to that story over on our website, toddsterns.com. Also, just want to remind you again, if you would like information about our upcoming trip to Israel, uh, we are limiting it to 100 people, and we would love for you to become a part of this this incredible journey. And this will be the first, uh, well, we'll see how this one goes. But if it goes well, we're going to do it again. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's an opportunity to hang out together. Now, if you haven't if you haven't been to any of our weekend gatherings, and we used to, before COVID, we used to do weekend gatherings at the Cove in North Carolina. 
And you guys know how it is with our team. It's not like we're up in some isolated area. We're hanging out with you. It's a lot of fun. We're going to have meals together. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's really a time of fellowship. And we plan to do the same thing when we are in Israel. It's a seven-day tour, and we're going to be staying at some incredible hotels, great resorts there on the Sea of Galilee. And you need that because during the day, you're going to be walking like crazy. You're going to be getting your steps in as we tour the Holy Land sites and also as we visit with government leaders. Benjamin Netanyahu, back in power, will be getting a private and exclusive tour of the Knesset, and we're also going to be holding meetings with some government officials there just to get a lay of the land of what's happening in the Middle East. So if you would like information, go to toddsterns.com. That's toddsterns.com, and you'll see the link right there at the top of the page. You can also give us a call, 844-747-8868. Again, a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. All right, folks, we got to scoot out of here. Been a good day, busy day. Uh, congratulations to the great Georgia Bulldogs. An incredible football game last night. Be good, America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.